It's always a privilege to stand here in front of you and uh, preach the Word of God. And uh, I should say, all the uh, pastors, even workers who stand before the pulpit, we're not, um, we don't deserve of, uh, anything. It's just by the grace of God that we can stand here uh, in front of you uh, to preach, uh, to share to you the Word of God. Um, this morning, we will examine uh, the subject about forgiveness, about forgiveness. And we will, uh, in spe- specifically, we will talk about the forgiveness of, of God. May I request everyone to please stand as we look to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let us pray that God will uh, bless the service this morning um, as we uh, look one of his attributes. Um, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we would like to thank you for this opportunity that you have uh, give that you gave to us, and I pray that you will speak into our hearts. Help us, Lord, to understand uh, your word, because we know that your word is, uh, your words are spiritually discerned, and it's only you, and it's only by the help of the Holy Spirit that uh, he will uh, guide us into your truth. So help us by your grace to, to understand, to contemplate what we can learn this morning and also that we can apply it into our lives. Help us, dear Father, to be a, a Christian that you want us to be and help us, Lord, to live a life that really overflows the, the Christ-likeness and to be the bearer of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we just wanted to thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we can listen to your word. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your seats. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me. Um, once again, uh, we will read the same passage that we have read earlier. Isaiah chapter 43. And I will... Um, I will be reading in verse 25 only, and if you have kind of a marker in your, um, on your Bible, uh, because we will be looking also into another passage, the same kind of a principle that we can see here in this passage, in the Old Testament, we can see also in the New Testament. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me please in um, Isaiah 43, verse 25. Verse 25, and you can, I, I will uh, read it, and you just uh, follow, follow with me. I, even I, am he that bloodeth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. In the New Testament, it's the same, um, the same principle as what I've said, Hebrews chapter 8. If you can turn your Bibles there. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. The word of God says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Both Old and New Testament speak about the incredible indescribable forgiveness of God. 
His forgiveness is so complete. And when you look at on this, uh, on those, those both uh, verses, uh, to, uh, his, so, his forgiveness is so complete to his people in a way that he promised that he will remember our sins no more. He will remember our sins no more. Now, brethren of the Lord, let me remind you this morning that Jehovah, the Lord God, is able, able to forgive our sins. And he will do it in a complete way that he will remember our sins no more. It's a really plain and simple passage. Uh, you can read it in your common sense, right? You can understand it very well. You don't have to have like really in-depth you know, uh, interpretation with regards to it. Uh, but this plain, simple truth that God revealed of himself often put to question. And uh, doubts of the people. Uh, when a sinner looks in his life, you know, when, when the unsaved look upon her life, he asks, how can God possibly forgive a sinner like me? I believe you hear that question. And sadly, even Christians doubt the forgiveness of God. And especially those who are running away from him. I'm talking about, um, you know, backslidden. Um, I'm just, I'm not just talking about uh, people who are not here. But it is possible that um, uh, many in churches nowadays who constantly attending the services, that their heart is so far from the Lord. At the same time, they doubt the forgiveness of God. For so many months or probably years that they are running uh, from the presence of God, uh, they ask, how can God still accept an unfaithful Christian like me? Or I don't know if you ask this question. Because when a person confronted by his sin, in the light of God's holiness, his first instinct is fear. Well, I don't know about you. There are lots of people who don't, uh, you, can, you can see it in television, you know, news daily, in the, uh, in the news every day, that they don't have fear in God. But no matter how a person denies God his ex- and his existence and who he is, deep down of that person's heart, he knows that God is confronting him of his sin. And in the secret of his soul, he can't escape the truth that he is guilty of sin. For God said in his word that he wrote the law in the hearts of men. Their conscience bears witness of God's law. So even though outwardly a person denies the fact or uh, denies the existence of God and he would try to you know, uh, published it to, to, uh, to people that he, he, he doesn't believe that there's, there's a God out there. But the Bible is clear, uh, is, uh, but the word of God is very clear that God wrote the law in, in the hearts of men. So when he looks to the law of God, he will certainly conclude that he is guilty. He is guilty. 
probably outward, he keeps on denying it. But inwardly, he is guilty. Looking at the grievous, uh, grievousness of his sin, he cries in his heart that there is no pardon. God must punish the wickedness because he is holy. He is holy. That's the utterance of his conscience. Now, when you go to the Old Testament, the people of Israel encamped on the, on the foot of Mount Sinai. And they've witnessed God's presence with light, lightning and thunder. And if you read in those passages, in the midst of congregation of Israel, there was fear. There was fear. And meanwhile, while we have this thinking that God will not pardon us, Satan comes and deepens his, uh, that conviction that God will not pardon his transgression. And he is therefore hopeless of mercy. How many of you uh, have read or know the, the book uh, entitled The Holy War? It was written by um, uh, one of the famous uh, writer John Bunyan. Uh, and in and in his book entitled The Holy War, he pictures Satan as a diabolus, a mighty giant, and he made an assault upon, his famous upon this famous town called Mansoul and made it his habitation. A very good picture of Satan trying to convince men that there's no forgiveness of sin and that the people were just shout hellfire, hellfire. Because there's no forgiveness. It's the same true when, when we looked into Genesis, when we looked in Genesis chapter 3, uh, the same lies that you know Satan will give to us. When we look unto the faithfulness of God and now comparing our condition being a Christian, or probably the unsaved, comparing your present situation, we believed on the lies of Satan instead of believing on the promises of God. Thus, the convinced sinner will just believe on the fiery darts of the devil, that mercy may be shown to others. That's very often, right? No, it's, it's not for me. The mercy of God is not for me. The salvation of God is not for me. Forgiveness of God is not for me. And upon looking on his grievous sin, sin comes in a full persuasion that God's mercy can never be extended to him. But listen, dear folks, the very first truth that we can see, or we, can, we can see it plainly in the in these verses that we have read, is this, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to, to, like, to question it. It's very clear there. In that very verse, I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. If you, if it, if, if that verse is not enough, if those verses are not enough, then let's see. God's forgiveness can be seen in his treatment towards sinners. 
You know, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, God could easily kill them and just start a new humanity, you know, human race. Is it right? He can do that. But letting them live was a manifestation that God can certainly pardon. He will forgive. Adam and Eve had a separate sentence in labor and childbirth. But oh, compared to what they've done, their sentences are just mild. Right? Adam and Eve messed up the whole humanity. Humanity and the whole creation of God plunged into sin because they chose not to obey the commandments of God, the command of God. But surely the Lord meant for pardon when he looked for Adam. He asked Adam, Adam, where art thou? Where art thou? The same is true for you and me. If God does not pardon, do you think you and I are, are still alive in this earth? No, just look into yourself. No, none of us here can say that there's no sin. But I believe each of us here are the recipients of God's forgiveness. The Bible says that in, in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And perhaps we sinned grossly in our early days. You know, we, we can remember the past, what are the sins that we did, or maybe even now. Maybe God continually calling you to repentance and faith now. But you keep on rejecting him. Why do you think you're still alive? There are lots of blasphemer today, but why they were not smitten by God? Have you questioned that? There are lots of evil people out there. Can we remember Ananias and Sapphira when they lied? What happened to them? Instantly, God killed them. Can we remember Korah, Dathan, Abiram? When they stood out to oppose God, what happened to them? God killed them. So God can actually, you know, erase humanity because of sin and, and start over. But assuredly, the Lord meant for pardon why we are still alive. God is waiting for sinners to repent. God waits long because he wills that any should not perish, but they will turn to him and live. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. Some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God can be, God's forgiveness can be sin in his treatment towards sinners. But not only that, God's forgiveness can be seen, seen in the ceremonial law. Now, uh, I... I know that we are not practicing that now, but when you go to the Old Testament, ceremonial laws are statutes of God for the nation of Israel. Literally means custom 
of the nation, custom of the nation. Why did God commanded them to offer bullocks, lambs, goats, turtle doves for sacrifices? Now you you have to understand that every day they had they had sacrifice. And can you imagine、um, to put that into our present situation? Now.、Um, Probably imagining that one of you will, you know, bringing your own cow there or your one of your sheep. Probably is like chaos around here, right? But you can see God's forgiveness、uh, even in the ceremonial laws. Why people of Israel need to have sacrifices every day, and and when they do it right, God was. Please and accept man's gift. Why they do that? Because the Lord meant for pardon. It is very evident in the heart of our Almighty God to give mercy and forgiveness to those who come to Him in repentance. God forgives, but also in our part, we come to Him in a humble spirit in a. Broken and yet contrite heart, so that He will forgive. Not only God's forgiveness can be seen, can be seen with,、uh, in His treatment towards sinners, can be seen in the ceremonial law, but also we can see it, see it in His call for repentance. Now, do you believe that God still wanted to save people? Yes. Absolutely yes, he still calls everyone to repent of their sins and accept Christ as the Lord and Savior. In Hosea chapter fourteen verse one, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Acts two thirty eight says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive. The gift of the Holy Ghost. God is calling, even until this day, sinners to repent, and He is calling to His people to return to Him. Why? Because the Lord meant His call of repentance for pardon. And you see now, you can understand that no matter how you look into yourself, now very sinful. There's no. You know, murderer or what you say, thieves or, or worst criminal that God cannot pardon, God can forgive. But lastly, God's forgiveness can be seen in the Great Commission. We understand that God is still in the business of saving sinners. As it was in the beginning, since the very in the first in the Garden of Eden, so it was today. So it was today. Yeah, you know, today it is is not forgiveness the promise of God. God will put away transgressions of a person of a person upon believing in Jesus Christ. The Bible says, "He bare our sins in His own body on the tree, that we." Being dead in sin, to sins, should live unto the the righteousness by whose stripes we 
were healed. So you can see, there's a truth there that God still forgives. There is forgiveness. There's, it's not hopeless for you. There is forgiveness. Now, secondly, not only that there is forgiveness, but according to these verses that we have read, the forgiveness is actually equivalent to forgetting of sin. Forgetting of sin. Now, if you're actually reading this, um, uh, for me, I'm constantly reading this, and this scratched my head actually at first. Um, because I know that God is omniscient. And we put that on that perspective. When we say God is omniscient, what does it mean? That God knows everything. Okay? He doesn't have past. He doesn't have present. He doesn't have future. Right? He knows everything. He can see all in our time in an instant. Because he is outside of time. He is eternal. He is omniscient. He knows everything. And to say that, for, that God can forget um, doesn't make sense. Right? That's why it's, it first scratched my head because uh, I know that God is omniscient. Uh, but with the strict accuracy of speech, God cannot forget anything, even one single um, uh, memory or event. God cannot forget anything. Forgetfulness is an infirmity. You have to understand that. It's, it's in our finite mind. I, I know that none of us here have a complete or 100% memory. Okay? Somehow, someway, or we forget things. We forget events. Right? Um... Sometimes, like you husbands, uh, you forget the, I don't know, the date of, uh, where, when is the time that uh, you get married? Sometimes the birthday of your, your children, sometimes the, uh, the birthday of your wife. It happens. Because we are finite beings. But God isn't. God knows everything. He is omniscient. So forgetfulness is an infirmity, and God has no infirmities. We have to understand that. God has no infirmities. God cannot suffer memory loss. Okay? He doesn't need to have, like, I don't know what kind of medicine to improve your memory. Okay? He doesn't need that. Uh, or he doesn't have memory gap. You know? The same, um, not the same with us. So God sees everything and knows everything. So to, to say that he forgets things is actually undermined his omniscience. When with great marvel and awe to his forgiveness, and as we look into these verses, uh, his forgiveness toward us, my heart just shouts with thankfulness. You know, because he said, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Now, none of us can really comprehend the attributes of God, who he is completely. 
God revealed his, his, uh, his uh, being, who he is in the scripture. Uh, you can see that also in creation, conscience, the designs that, that you can see around us of the creation. He reveals it, but most, most importantly, he reveals who he is in the scripture. But none of us here can fully comprehend of who God is. But God wants us to know that his forgiveness is so true, so deep, so wide, that it amounts to a complete oblivion. Your sin, it doesn't exist in his divine perception anymore. When the record of our sin shall not, so the record of our sin, meaning the record of our sin, shall not be brought up again from the divine container. As Job said in Job chapter 14, verse 17, my transgressions is sealed up in a bag, and thou sowest up mine iniquity. So does God really forget? Now in view of his attribute of being omniscient, he knows all our sin. He knows all our sin. But judicially, as a judge, he forgets our transgressions because that's how he pardons men. Our sins are not there before him in the courtroom. When he sees you and sees that you have the forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ, when you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have your advocate, Jesus Christ. You have the seal of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, when he, you stand in, his, in the courtroom, it says, case dismissed. Case dismissed. Because long ago, Jesus Christ paid all your sins. So that's why he said, and I will remember your sin." No more. So there is forgiveness. And that forgiveness is equivalent to forgetting. But let me finish with this final truth. That forgiveness, though it was there, but it is necessary. Forgiveness is necessary for any one of us here. For a person to be reunited with God, the forgiveness of sins is necessary. Forgiveness is to be had through the atonement, to atonement blood of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, for my sins, so that you and I will have the forgiveness of sin. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Come to him. Come to him. Come to him in the shadow of his cross. And trust Jesus Christ now. Because the only, the only way that you can be reunited with God is through the forgiveness of our sins. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, 12, uh, verse 2, For he saith, I have heard thee in thy, 
in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, if you have no relationship in Jesus Christ, you know, I pray that you don't delay. Don't delay. Don't say, I have still time tomorrow. Well, none of us here can know what will happen tomorrow, even later. Don't delay, because forgiveness is necessary. Can you say now how deep the love of God for us, and that He is willing to forgive? That's the truth on these verses. Now, by the way, forgiveness is not just for the unsaved. It is for the saved too. Christians, if we are to be honest of ourselves, we need God's forgiveness in our lives daily. We need God's forgiveness in our lives daily. Um, this is also the same topic that I'm, uh, I've given a lesson to the college and career. And I told them that none of us here can say that I skip a day without sinning. Right? Because every day, human as we are, we constantly sin. Whether in our thoughts, whether in actions, in our speech. That's why it is important to ask God's forgiveness every day in our lives. Why? Because we still commit sin. If you don't believe me, 1 John 1, 8 and, and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. However, in verse 9, he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how faithful God is to forgive our sins. Now, there, folks, let us say, let me say this once again, that there is forgiveness in Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. So the question today, today this morning, are you in need of forgiveness? Are you in need of forgiveness? You know, there's an um, altar call later. Come to the altar and seek His forgiveness. But Christians, you know what it means to be forgiven by God, right? You know what it means to be forgiven by God. However, it does not stop there. If we want God to forgive us, then we must forgive others also. You know, it, it's, not, it's not complete when you say, oh, I want to reconcile with my horizontal, uh, with my vertical relationship. But my horizontal relationship towards others, I don't care. No. Because if, God, if you ask God forgiveness, you ought to forgive others also. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You know, I like this verse because in this verse, God commanded us to forgive because He forgave us. 
That's the very reason why you had to forgive others. But also, to forgive as, or we should say in the same manner, he says there, as he forgive us. He wanted to say, how can I forgive others? Well, just look on the cross. How Jesus Christ forgave you, forgave you from your sins. And you know how to forgive your fellow brethren. I will close, uh, close in this illustration. Um, um, this name, uh, one of the missionary, it said, um, his, uh, her name is Jackie uh, Pullinger. I don't know if you know that name. Jackie Pullinger is a missionary in a church. Um, uh, actually, this is a guy. It's a guy. So, okay. Okay, so he's a missionary and a church planter, okay, in Hong Kong, whose remarkable life story is told um, in uh, his uh, autobiography. Uh, how many of you heard Chasing the Dragon? It's just like a movie, right? But it's a book. Okay, so one incident occurred in early years uh, of uh, Jackie's ministry that illustrates the point that I'm um, making here. Okay, so... A young man named A Ping, I know it's a kind of a weird name, but uh, A Ping had joined uh, the triads. You know the triads, right? Okay, a gang that controlled crime in Hong Kong. When he was only 12 years old, uh, he joined uh, the triads. So he soon came to be supported financially by a 14-year-old, uh, by a 14-year-old uh, prostitute. When Jackie uh, showed up and began to reach out in mercy and kindness to A Ping and his associates. Um, A Ping told him that in no uncertain terms, A Ping told him, You'd better go. Just get out of here. We're no good. Go find some people who will appreciate what you're doing. And be grateful for your kindness. Uh, we will only hurt you and exploit you and kick you around. And, and, he, and he asked, why, why do you stay? Why do you care? So Jackie said, I stay because that's what Jesus did for me. I didn't want him either, but he didn't didn't wait until I got good and wanted him. He died for me while I, was, while I was his hateful enemy. He loved me and forgave me. Forgave me. He loves you too. And Aping said, no way. Nobody could love us like that. We raped and fight and steal and stab. Nobody could love us. He explained how Jesus didn't love what they, what they did, but that he loved sinners and was willing to forgive them. And Aping that time was shattered. He sat down on the street corner and received Christ as his Savior. Not long after his Conversion, Aping was attacked by a gang of youths and was beaten mercilessly with bats. When his friends vowed revenge 
Aping said, no, I'm a Christian now, and I don't want you to fight back. What transformed Aping? You know, what, uh, what accounted for his readiness to forgive his enemies? It was his rea realization that Jesus Christ, in the verse, as we forgive as he forgave us, right? So it was his re realization that Jesus Christ absorbed in himself the consequences of having sin. So when, God, when we ask forgive uh, uh, us, we forgive others also. So the question, is there someone who has offended you? Christians, is there someone who offended you? Come to the altar and forgive them. You know, don't, put, don't let bitterness and anger or wrath linger in your hearts. Have forgiveness because the Bible says forgive, we should forgive, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let us all stand. Thank you for being patient with me. Let us look into the Lord. Let us bow down our heads. And let us pray.